So I spoke only recently about having a difficulty with being comfortable doing things that wasn't work work as I described it. And I mentioned this exact same thing to past guest and friend of the show, Paul Riley, recently. And he had an interesting take on it. He said that you don't view it as work work. And the eighth that he was referring to was me working on this podcast, basically, and researching about the vaccine and just bringing myself forward in my thinking in relation to everything, basically. Research, you might call it. Research for the fucking... Just for your own benefit, your own education, dare he say it. So I was struggling with doing those kind of things while I was on the clock, you know, between 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, because that, to me at least, isn't work work. Like, you should be doing something that actively makes you money when you're at work. If you're at work and you're not doing something that makes you money, you're not working, you're just at work. And although I can see myself concentrating more and more time on the podcast and and building my audience and and plowing on with it that's very much my intention because it doesn't generate me you know an income like don't get me wrong some people are very good on patreon some people are very good on revolut and i've made you know i haven't made anything because it's you're recouping losses at, at my early stage of development but all in all it's by no means a wage so it's not you're not i'd starve basically if i was only doing this so I struggle with devoting a lot of time to it when I quote you know should be working end quote but Podge's take on it was interesting Podge said you don't view it as work because you've never worked in like a media company or as a journalist or as a writer or as a as a researcher I mean if you had those type of jobs sitting in an office going down rabbit holes that would be would explicitly be work work and it's funny because we are our own judges so we're, we're constantly judging ourselves that works both ways that's both good and bad you know it's six o'clock in the morning and you need to get out of bed now but you're like oh it's nice and fucking comfy and you don't really have to there's a judge inside your head fucking going you know frano you know he, he's he's in there somewhere and he's fucking taking account of all the all your little digressions. It could, it's I suppose it's your own conscience, your own conscience, should I say? Your own conscience is like a judge, and our wives and husbands often play that role as well. So the idea is, you might think to yourself, or you might get the feeling that oh, you, you shouldn't be doing this, you should be doing something else. And then the other side of it is, I better not get caught doing this by the missus or by the husband or whoever it is. Because they, they're, your partner's role is, part of your partner's role is that of a judge. Now again, you can be you know too judgmental and you can be not judgmental enough. So it's a, a line we all kind of have to walk. But I'd come home from having done maybe four or five hours research into a particular thing. And herself would say, you know, when I came home later on that day, like, you know, were you busy? Did you get much done? And I'd have a, yeah, 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 no, got, got a bit done. Yeah, yeah, got a bit done. And it'd be very vague. Whereas before I started doing this, she'd go, 
Did you get much done today? Oh, fucking yeah, flat out. It was fucking cleaning trays and doing up boxes and doing the deliveries and doing all the kind of work, work stuff. And I'd be proud to list off all the things that I had done because to me at least, and presumably to her, that's work, work. But when I had spent X amount of hours researching, which would have been work, work if I was a journalist, say, I'd be... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it got a bit done. I'd be just super vague. Or I'd be down in the office, you know, two hours deep into doing some research or doing some writing or trying to figure something out. And the thought would occur to my head, I'd look well now if fucking Root walked in the door, wouldn't I? And asked, what are you up to? Oh, you know, just doing what I'd be doing at fucking 10 o'clock at night on the couch, only under fluorescent lighting at an office in an office environment. But what Podge said... It reminded me of something that I'm fucking endlessly circling back to on this podcast, which is framing. He took something that I was viewing in a negative light and didn't change my way of thinking about it per se, but he just saw it from a completely different angle. And when I could see it from that completely different angle, I was like, oh yeah. So if, if I was, let's say, a writer or a journalist or someone, some, a media person, say, if I was the person that I'm aspiring to be, that's a fucking better way of putting it. And Ruth was to walk in while I was three hours deep in something. If I was the person that I'm aspiring to be, and she asked, how are you getting on? I'd say, oh, fucking deadly, wait and I show you this. Uh, this is a note I took three years ago. This is a note I took two years ago. And I'm just after fucking putting the two of them together. And something's really coming together for me. And I'd be excited about it. And outside of your partner being a judge, your boss is obviously a judge. So in the jobs that I've had before, if my boss walked into my office and said, you know, what are you doing or what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm just, you know, researching fucking something. They would have said, why aren't you doing what I fucking pay you to do? But if I was what I'm aspiring to be, call it a professional podcaster, not that that's the goal by any stretch of the imagination, but let's say I was doing this and I was earning me a wage and it was becoming what I would like it to become. And let's just say, hypothetically, I had a boss. I was working for a large media company and the editor walks into my office and goes, you know, how are you getting on? Uh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Oh, really? What's the rabbit hole? Oh, it's about how we're chemically sharpening the tips of arrows for compound bows, or whatever fucking bullshit rabbit hole I could be going down at any hour of the day or night. Their reply to that might be, all oh, right, and are you doing a story on that? Have you a documentary in this, or, or what is it? No, no, it's just it's just my own interest. It's just something that I have an interest in. I don't know what's going to come out of it. Okay, and um, where are you with the podcast? Well, I have the next five days recorded. So fuck you, basically. I can do as I fucking please. Because you're targeted differently in different types of jobs. If your job is... If you're working from the neck down, your job is to be constantly doing something. But if you're working from the neck up, you don't have to work hard. You don't have to work long hours per se. Provided what you're supposed to do gets done. But there's a weirdness though because... If you're working from the neck down, now I'm going to fucking just simplify this for my own sake. If your job is to move bags of sand from one shed to another shed, you can't come up 
with a really, really good idea in the evening when you're sitting down chilling out or when you're in the shower or when you're going for a run. You can't have that eureka moment and go, oh, fuck, yeah. And have that play into moving the fucking bags of sand. But in relation to recording a podcast or I presume writing an article or a blog is, is somewhat similar. I could be out running and something could, could, just, could just come to me. And that little something that just comes to me, I could be out running, I could be sitting on the couch, I could be fucking peeling spuds for the dinner, I could be doing anything. And something will just click in my mind, I go, fuck, that's interesting. And that could be that could be a week's worth of podcasts, just in that moment. Now, obviously the whole thing doesn't come together quite as easy as that, but all I need is a spark to, to set off the fire, if that makes sense. And another somewhat interesting thing, to my mind at least, about this reframing of... Uh, of everything in general, but just keeping to this specific example, the reframing of work, work, like as, as a journalist or a writer going down rabbit holes and just thinking about things like that is work, work. It's work, work in those domains. Now I've never worked in those domains, so that doesn't feel like work, work to me. And what's really interesting about that to me, at least, and this is just coming to mind now, is it just goes to show how your history impacts, obviously both your present, but also your future. Because if Podge hadn't said that to me, and nobody had said that to me, and I never came up with it myself, I could easily have taught my way out of becoming who it was that I was aspiring to become. All for the, all for the sake of just a little bit of reframing. And I think that's, and again, this is just coming out of the wash, it's what's coming to mind. I'd imagine that's a big part that... Psychology, that's a, there's an element of that that's a big part of what psychologists bring to the table. If you go and see someone on a weekly or monthly or fucking daily basis or whatever it is, you see this portrayed with the Yanks um, very well. The Yanks are way ahead of us in relation to this. They, they'll go and speak to someone. They call them the shrink. And they go speak to somebody and a lot of the benefit there is it's just somebody to listen. It's somebody impartial. It's somebody that you can be completely open and honest and transparent with for two reasons. A, they don't really know you. They're not in your circle outside of that professional meeting you have with them once a week or once a month or whatever it is. But two, they're, they can't basically talk shit about you behind your back by law. And if they did, you could fucking sue them out of existence. Okay, so there's, there's two benefits there. You get to offload and there's a, a certain security in the fact that not only do they not know anybody else that you know, but they couldn't talk to them if they fucking wanted to. And I would imagine now, I'm fucking reaching here, I'm, I'm guessing, broad sweeping generalisation alert. I would imagine a, a big role for a shrink would be to get you to reframe what it is that you're telling them. So if I was to have gone to my shrink and said, look, I can't, I'm struggling with doing, I'm struggling with justifying doing what I want to do. Because it's what I want to do. And I'm just, I seem to be conditioned to need to not want to do what it is that I'm getting paid to do. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, like I said that in the previous episode, I said, I said it specifically in the blurb that it was a conditioning problem. I appreciate it. I realised that it was a conditioning problem. But I never caught that it was a framing problem. Me that fucking harps on about framing problems all the time. 
And it just goes to show you, you can be too close to stuff. And that's the benefit in just talking to other people. And it's the benefit of of talking out loud into the mic like I am now. And that's why I was and am so keen for feedback from somebody. It's somebody to hit the ball back to me, as I would say. And that's what Podge did. Now, Podge is no fucking genius fucking psychologist. He doesn't, you know, have a PhD in reframing or restructuring thoughts. I just told him what I was thinking and he gave me his two cents. But it just goes to show the utility in in saying these things out loud to people. Because you never know. Like, like what he said, I very much doubt he went, ah, in his head. I very much, he, I, I very much doubt he said in his head, ah, I know what will solve all problems, problems here. This is probably a framing issue. He just fucking said what came to mind. And it resonated with me. But one downside of that kind of work, that kind of work work when you're going down rabbit holes and you're researching things and you're trying to learn. When you're moving bags of sand from one shed to another shed, at the end of the day, it's very easy to see what you've done. Because there's a big giant empty space where all the bags were. And in the big giant empty space that once was is all the bags of sand that you just moved over. And there's a, there's a, a, real, there's a real form of accounting going on there. There's a real visual accounting thing. Your boss can walk in and just at a half of a glance go, fuck, you're busy today. Or, fuck, you weren't exactly busy today, were you? But when it comes to doing kind of research and looking into things and trying to develop your own thought processes, there's not as obvious an accounting. Now, the end result should be there in your work. So... I can and I do every so often scroll back through my Instagram, which is I never fucking promote this, never say anything about this. I have an Instagram page if you don't know, it's off the lead official on Instagram. Some dog walking prick robbed off the lead. It's at off the lead official. I think that's the the handle for my Instagram. And then I have Facebook as well, which is just off the lead. Because it's funny, I have people who listen to me who know me, who only know of me through Instagram. But then I've obviously people in podcast land who only know me through podcast land and don't know that I have a, an Instagram channel because I think this is literally the first time I might fucking mention it. But anyway, a hobby of mine or a, a habit of mine or something that I like to do is to just scroll through my Instagram and just... Because it's mad. Like the fucking amount of shit that's in there is incredible. And I can do this on just on my podcast app. Like I, I personally use Acast. But I can scroll back and go, fucking hell, that's a lot of content. And then I can go, Jesus Christ, that's all. I can go through all the content and go, like, vroom, 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 as I scroll through all these episodes whizzing past me. And then I'll stop and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that was only, you know, last month. Fucking hell. So there's a there's an element of accounting there that's really visual. You can see that the work has been put in. It's not as though, oh, Rifrano, how are you getting on? What have you done for the last fucking six months? Oh, I've been busy researching. Okay, really? And just, that's it. Like, you've nothing to show for it. There has to be a certain amount of output associated with your input, I suppose. And that's another thing that uh, the same guy, Pascal, a friend of the show, Paul Riley, said to me before. And it, again, I don't know if he was quoting somebody else when he said, our minds are overfed and undernourished. It's actually not quite exactly the same as that to what I'm thinking now. What I'm thinking now is you should match your input with your output to a degree. Because I think we're all guilty of 
taking it in, 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 in. Everything's, everything's coming in. But very little actually gets put out into the world. And you see this with social media. Now, don't quote me on anything like this, but I believe that 99% of everything that's on social media is put there by 1% of people. The vast majority of people on social media don't contribute anything to social media. Or if they do, it's you know a piecemeal amount. It's a fucking thanks for the birthday wishes, folks, once a year kind of thing. And it's funny because what I'm reminding myself now, what's coming to mind is the thing I probably give out about the most, which is schooling. But in school, you're taking stuff in all the time. And then your homework, that was you, that was the output part of you. But it, there was a weirdness to that though, because for me at least, it always seemed like such an imposition. It's like, Jesus Christ, I have to endure school between 9 to 4, Monday to Friday. And then he's giving me shit to do in the evening as well, you pricks. But again, that was just a framing problem. If I had appreciated what schooling is, I might have gamed the system a little bit better. I might have hijacked the machinery. At least there would have been half a chance that I might hijack the machinery had I known that there was machinery and that it could be hijacked. Like, I was well capable of doing far better in my leaving cert, let's say, than I did. Which is a weird one, isn't it? Like, it's not mad the way I even said that myself. Me above all people. I could have done better in me leaving. I didn't... And again, that's a framing problem. What I was thinking there was, essentially, I could have got more points in my leaving cert had I gamed the system or hijacked the machinery. But that's so fucking wrong-headed that the framing is all wrong there. And the, the reason that I thought like that is because I'm conditioned. I've been through the schooling system. Now, I can see it for what it is now in hindsight, but that doesn't mean that I'm not suffering the consequences of having been bathed in it for half my fucking life and all of my de developmental years there. But what I should be thinking in those terms, at least, is if I had known what schooling was and if I was to have gamed the system or hijacked the machinery... I would have learned so much more. That's how you, that's the proper way to frame that. Not you would I could have got more points in my leaving. Such a fucking arbitrary pile of nonsense. Points in the leaving. But it's funny though because the whole points in the leaving thing doesn't really tell you whether or not you know anything. And it's not supposed to. It's an IQ test. That's essentially what it is. The more points you get the smarter you have the capacity to be, not the more educated or wise you are. Wisdom and IQ, for example, you know, raw intelligence, there's no correlation there between those two things whatsoever. You could have a sky-high IQ and not be dumb as fuck, but what's the opposite of wise? Here's two sex. And I'm back in the room. Yeah, stupid, silly or foolish is what just came up from the, the internet's definition. So yeah, so you can essentially have a sky high IQ and be pretty fucking stupid. As counterintuitive as that may sound. So the leave insert is generally a IQ test. It's to see if you have the capacity to do this course or that course. Or to see whether or not you'd be better suited doing this other thing. And it's raw and it's crude and it's base. But our society is structured in such a way that you have to bring in these somewhat arbitrary things in order for it to work on a large scale. 
Like it's all well and good thinking to yourself, how would I homeschool my my child? But it's a another thing entirely to say, how would I homeschool everybody's children in the whole fucking country? Because that's essentially what governments have to think of. They can't think what's the best way to educate a child. They have to think what's the best way of educating 250,000 children. And when you're building systems like that, there's no room for nuance. There's no room for taking everybody's feelings and considerations and abilities and dislikes and all that jazz. So you're always going to produce a system that has people on the on the margin, say. People who are a little bit maybe excluded. And that's just part and parcel of growing up in a you know, a, a complex, large community. You know, hundreds of thousands of, or millions of people. Which leads me quite nicely into the decision I've made in relation to getting the mRNA vaccine. Which I'll chat to you about tomorrow. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.